If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2, we'll start in verse 12 in a moment. But as we think about Mother's Day, and we've been kind of on this kick of looking at the role of a parent and what a parent is, is called to do, what a parent should do, and we've seen examples on what uh, what is the wrong way to go about things, and we've seen some great things, great ways to go about things. And uh, today is no exception. But as we think about our children as parents, and whether, whether your children is already out of the house, has their own kids, or you are in the midst of your kids being in your home, but they'll soon be gone, or you're just getting started, or the Lord is going to bless you one day with children, this is something to relate to all of us. We know children come into this world with many needs. They let you know as soon as they come into the world, they have needs, right? The first thing, the first way they express their needs is what? They cry, right? And they cry a lot, especially when they're little. They cry for everything. They cry when they're hungry. They cry when they need a diaper change, when their stomach hurts, when they're not in a comfortable position. I know you, you always have to have this, what they call tummy time, and like you have to put your kids on their stomach, and, and, and Jason wasn't really a big fan of that, right? So he cries. So he wants to flip over, and uh, eventually he learned how to flip over. But we know that in the beginning, they cry. That's how they express their needs. Whether it's, it's one thing or another, that's just how they express it. Eventually, they learn words. And the first words they're going to learn are mama and dada. And if, you're like, if your child's like our child, he's going to use those words a lot. Even when you acknowledge, yes, son, mama, 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 dada, dada, yes, son, dada, mama. And they're like, okay, tell us what you want, right? And we're learning and with a two-year-old. He's learning to express his needs. But at the time, all he can say really is mama and dada and point. But he's getting better. As your children mature with age, they begin to express it in better ways. They will say something specific like, I'm bored, I'm hungry, I need this, I need that. Some of y'all relate to that very well, right? And while there are plenty of needs that our children know how to communicate to us, and they do very good at doing that for us, letting us know what they really feel sometimes. Sometimes they're a little too honest, right? But in our text today, we come across three needs that affect us all. There are three needs that we all need, not just our children, but specifically today, these are three areas of life that you who are parents need to be showing your children that they need in their lives. And this applies, again, whether you, your children are under your home still or they are grown. And, and for those of you who have yet to have children, but maybe one day you will, this is helping you prepare for that moment. But maybe also, as a whole, we as a church family support our parents in fulfilling these needs. We support our parents in what they are doing for their children. So again, we're going to come across three needs today. And so let's go ahead and look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, starting in verse 12. It says, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. The custom of the priests with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant would come. 
while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All, the for- all that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Verse 15, Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, Let them burn the fat first, and then take as much as you wish, he would say, No, you must give it now, and if not, I will take it by force. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Verse 18. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod, and his mother used to make for him a little robe to take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer a yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Verse 22. Now Eli was very old. He kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they lay with women who were serving at the entrance of the tent of of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we give you all the praise and all the glory for this day. God, we thank you for the time of worship we have. We thank you that Christ is ours forevermore. That God, we can celebrate that we belong to Jesus as believers. But God, now as we have read your word, God, we give you the praise for your word. We thank you, God, that we have the ability to read your word, to understand your word, to learn from your word. So God, I pray today we would do just that. God, as we think about what it means to be a parent and we think about the needs of our children, God, help us to see what we need to see. Help us to hear what we need to hear. God, I pray that our hearts are in tune with your spirit and our minds are fixed on you so that we will hear from your word today. God, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. It is in your son's name I pray. Amen. So again, our children need three things. And these are three things that we need, but specifically for the context of today, there are three things that our children need, and we need to show it to them as their parents. The first thing is this. Children need accountability. Children need accountability. Look at verses 12 through 17 with me again. We'll we'll just read verse 12 and 17. Verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. Skip down to verse 17. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. So what we have here in this context is that we're, we're again reaching that yearly journey where the Jewish people would go bring their families to Shiloh to give a, a sacrifice 
and to worship God. Now in this context, the sons of Eli are performing the sacrifices. They are, in essence, running the show. Now to understand the sacrifice and how this goes, to my understanding, the Jewish law commands that when you give a sacrifice, the fat must be burned. That portion belongs to God. Then the breast of the meat belonged to the priest and his family. This is the portion that they take from it once the fat is burned. And the rest will be given back to the giver to eat. And we saw that with Elkanah and his family, right? They would take what was left and they would share that. We know with Hannah, when she was dealing with the barrenness of not having children, he would give her a double portion, right? Because he somehow thought that was going to help her. But we see a problem in this text And it's in verse 15. Verse 15 says, Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only the raw. Verse 16. And if the man said to him, Let them burn the fat first, which is what they're supposed to do, he said, And then take as much as you wish. He would say, No, you must give it now. If not, we will take it by force so these sons were trying to take the meat before it was cooked before the fat was burned they would tell the giver we'll only accept the meat raw and the giver would insist no we've got to burn the fat that has to happen first before you can have it that belongs to god these sons would threaten these men and say we will take it by force if you will not give it to us As verse 17 tells us at the end of it, these men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. We know this is not the only way they abused their position as sons. In verse 22, we see that these two men used their position of power to commit sexual immorality with women. We see that in 22. And so what we see throughout verses 12 through 17 as a whole is no accountability to the sons of Eli. They are not being held accountable by their father. They were not held responsible for their misuse of the sacrifices. Eli, clearly, in the context that we've read, does not know what's going on. He is not keeping a watch. He is the overseer of the people who are under him. And he is not overseeing his sons and how they are doing the sacrifice. He is not holding them accountable and it was only after he had heard of their wrongdoing that he finally say anything right go back to verse 22 and 24 now eli was very old and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all israel and how they would lay with women who were serving at the entrance of the to the tent of meeting and he said to them why do you do such things for i hear of your evil dealings from all these people no my sons it is not good is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spring abroad. Problem is, these sons needed accountability long before this time. They needed accountability not when it was too late and everybody started talking about it. They needed accountability in the moment. They needed a father who would oversee them and, and keep them accountable to what they were doing. They needed accountable that would make them successful for the glory of God. And that was not happening. 
And these men, these sons, were considered worthless, or as some translations might say, wicked. Parents, your children need you to hold them accountable. Your children need you to hold them accountable. We all need accountability. And no matter what age you are, we all need accountability. We need people to hold us accountable. But as parents, God has given you the responsibility to hold your children accountable. They cannot sin. They cannot disobey without any accountability for their actions. They need you to hold them accountable in order to develop disciplines and work ethics that would glorify God. The problem is that we have too many parents that do like Eli. They give them a lot of things that they can do, but there's no oversight. There's no overseeing them. They're not watching over their children. They let them do whatever with no questions and no consequences if they mess up. There's no accountability. And and let's face it, you hold your children accountable, hopefully, to their schoolwork, to their sports that they play, and many other things that they're involved with. You must also hold them accountable to other areas of life, like that cell phone, how they treat others, how they respect others. Ultimately, You should hold them accountable to their spiritual disciplines. You should hold them accountable. You should be making sure your children are praying. You should be making sure your children are reading their Bible. You should be making sure your children are finding ways to serve God. Again, you make sure their homework's done. I don't know how many times I've heard parents ask that question. Did you get your homework done today? You make sure they get to practice. You make sure they get good grades or they they at least try to make good grades. But why do we slack on the spiritual disciplines? We must hold our children accountable. And listen, accountability is not something kids are going to naturally know they need. Right? And even for us, if no one's going to hold us accountable... Are we not just going to do whatever we want? Are we not just going to do whatever we desire? Right? If there's no accountability, if there was no accountability for you to show up at your job on time, you would show up whenever, right? If there was no accountability to make sure that you're here and there and that you're doing this and that, would you really do it? We all need accountability. And parents, you need to be holding your children accountable. And one of the ways that I see this at its worst, and I mentioned this earlier, is that it, it, with the cell phone, and, and, I, and I'm not trying to poke and prod here, but I, but I am, okay? As a former youth pastor, I did youth ministry for 10 years. And the greatest obstacles that we face, faced in the youth ministry came from that cell phone. And I know a lot of you didn't grow up in that era. I know a lot of you didn't deal with cell phones. Like, and I know a lot of you, like, you're just, you're just glad you can text and call on it. But our children have been raised up with these phones. Even for me, the first phone I had was that little bitty thing that was indestructible, right? This is pre-SIM card, right? It was indestructible. You run it over the tractor, it still would make a phone call. But the generations that are coming up now, 
All they know are these smartphones. And it's important, parents, that you hold your children accountable to what's going on with that cell phone. And I'm saying this because I need you to hear this clearly. I, 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 I'm not saying this just to, to spend time and just to say what I want to say on a soapbox. I'm saying this because spiritually this matters. Because a lot of the mental issues, a lot of the spiritual issues, a lot of the struggles your kids go through and will go through is because of that little box called cell phone. It is. And, and, and I hear parents all the time you know, say, well, that's their privacy. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to invade their privacy. I'm here to tell you, invade it. I'm telling you to invade it. You need to know what's going on on that cell phone because it is their connection to a world and not a world that's nice and pretty and got a bow tie on top of it. It's an evil world. It's a world that's coming after your children. It's, it's, it's coming to harm your children in all kinds of ways. And if that scares you, good, because it's supposed to. Too many parents will say, I don't want to invade or they let their children dictate their cell phone policies. No, no, no. You are the parent. You paid for that cell phone. That is your phone that you lend to your children. And we've got to have that mindset. You are the protector of your kids in this world. You are the protector against what is evil. And you cannot be naive to what is going on in the world. You cannot be naive to what's happening on that phone. And I'm telling you, you will not see it walking by, glancing like they're not going to notice. You've got to pick up that phone and scroll through it and figure it out. If you need help, I'm here for you. I'm trying to figure it out too, but I can help in some ways. But there's a lot of evil in this world. And it takes just one app, one text message to get out there into the world. Parents, you need to hold your children accountable in all areas of life. And cell phones is one of the biggest ways you can do that today. But ultimately, it is spiritually. You need to be holding your children accountable spiritually. That the Lord would do incredible things in their life. Don't just let them go off into the world like Eli did without any accountability because we see what happens. We need that accountability in our own lives. And parents, you need to hold your children accountable. Second thing, children need spiritual support. Look at verses 18 through 21. Verse 18, Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a, uh, with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make him a little robe to take and take it to him each year. When she went out with her husband to offer a yearly sacrifice, then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. So we saw a family of Eli and his sons that were going down a wrong path. But now we have another family, Elkanah and Hannah. And these two were faithful. Even after giving Samuel to the Lord, to the temple, to serve the Lord... They were still coming year after year to give their sacrifice, to give their worship to God. They were faithful in that, their entire marriage. But an added element uh, has been put in where now Hannah would make a little robe or a little coat for Samuel. It was a gift. 
that she would give every year when she come to Shiloh. But notice what Hannah doesn't do. She doesn't come every year begging God to return Samuel back to her. She doesn't try to convince Samuel, hey Samuel, let's find a different path. I really want you to come back home. No, she gives a gift which marks a year, another year that Samuel has been faithful in serving God. She, by giving this gift, shows her support for the ministry that Samuel is going to do for the Lord. This is her way of showing support. My question to you is, how well do you support your kids? And I get you support them in a lot of ways. You go to their ball games. If your child wanted to play baseball or softball, you would run to the store and get a glove, a bat, maybe a couple balls, a hat, whatever. Like you would do what it took to make sure your kids were prepared for their ball games. If your child wanted to play music, you would buy them lessons or you would buy them an instrument that they wanted to learn to play. Whatever it is that you wanted them to be successful at, you would invest in it to make sure that they were supported so that they could be the best they can possibly be. And that is great. That is wonderful. It's great that we support our kids, but do we support them with the same effort in spiritual matters? Do you support them with the same effort when it comes to spiritual matters? Do you support them as they read their Bible? Do you support them as they memorize Bible verses? And I think a lot of that, yeah, that should be easy to do, right? Yes, I support them. That's great when they want to read their Bible. Let me ask you this one. This is a little tougher. Would you support them if God called your children to live in another state to serve God in missions? If God called your child to go to the other side of the country, would you support them? What if God asked, you, asked your child to go to the other side of the world? Would you support them with the same effort? Are you preparing your children to be more successful in the world or more successful in building up the kingdom of God? Think about that for a moment. Let me let that question kind of simmer there, right? Are you preparing your children to be more successful in the world or more successful to build up the kingdom of God? We can get so consumed by all the scholarships, the colleges, the classes, the sports they play, and all these are great things. Don't hear me wrong, right? I'm not saying don't do those things. These are great things. But they cannot build up the kingdom of God on their own. We should be raising our children to serve God in all areas of life. Supporting them along the way as they seek out God's will. Support them as God leads them wherever they may go. And let them know how proud you are that they are serving God. You let them know how proud they are after their ball games. When they've won an award or they graduated, they need to know that you support their spiritual journey and that brings glory to God. Children need our accountability. They need our support. Last thing, they need salvation. They need salvation. Look at verses 22 through 26 with me. Now Eli was very old and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel. And how they lay with women who were serving at the entrance of the tent meeting, tent of meeting. 
And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is not... It is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will enter, uh, sorry, God will mediate for him. Watch this next phrase. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. When we look back on the life of the sons of Eli, verse 12 tells us their spiritual status, right? Verse 12 says what? That they did not know the Lord. Eli's sons did not know the Lord. They were not believers. They were lost. And sadly, they were lost people serving in a ministry position in which they abused for selfish gain. That's a side note, ain't it? We put people in positions of power in churches that have no reason to serve there because they still are not spiritually there. And what happens? They abuse their positions. They abuse for selfish gain. And that's why churches have a lot of problems today. But that's another story for another day. What we see with the sons of Eli is that they needed salvation They did not know the Lord. They needed to be saved. And the one way that they could access salvation in the Old Testament times, they would abuse for their selfishness. Giving sacrifice to God kept you in good standing with Him. And they would abuse it for their self-gain. And eventually, we know that God would reject the entire house of Eli. In fact, verse 25 tells us that it was the will of the Lord to put the sons to death. They belittled the atonement needed to be saved. God was done with the house of Eli. The sons needed salvation, but Eli did not show them their need for it. And again, this goes back to accountability. These sons needed to hear from their father that they are lost and that they need salvation. Parents, your children need to hear from you that they need salvation. I don't care how old they are. They need to hear from you that they need salvation if you know that they are lost. Your children need to hear that they are sinners. That that as Romans 3.23 says, they all fall short of the glory of God. They have all sinned. They need to hear that Jesus came to live a sinless life so that He could take on our sins. They need to hear that they can be saved because Jesus rose from the dead and defeated the pavement of sin. But the sons of Eli... It was too late. They were done. But it's not too late for your children. No matter their age, it's not too late. They can be saved through the power of Jesus. But keep this in mind, parents. It is your child's decision, not yours. Yes, we want our kids to be saved as soon as possible. Parents are so desperate to have their children saved that they bring them up and, and you spend a few moments with the children and you can tell real quick that they really just don't understand. And it's okay if they don't understand yet. Right? I think there's grace in that. But eventually they'll come to the realization that they are a sinner. That they need to be saved. And when that time comes, then we need to act on it. But it's the decision of your child, not Yours. God will call out to your child. And you must be preparing your child for the moment that he calls out to them. 
You prepare your child for the day that he calls out to them by proclaiming the gospel to them. You need to be proclaiming the gospel to your children. Tell them about Jesus. If the only time your child hears about Jesus is at church, then we're not doing our job as parents. The only time they hear about Jesus is right now in this pulpit or in their Sunday school class, then we're not doing our job as parents. Listen, fathers, to what Paul told the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. He said, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How do I do that? I teach it to them. I tell them about Jesus. I let them know that Jesus saved them, that they are sinners, but Jesus saved them from their sins if they would only believe. Teach them in the home. Teach them on the way to school. Teach them on the way to ball games. Teach them on your way to church. Raise up your children to know that they need salvation. Proclaim the gospel to your kids and let God work in their lives. But maybe today, it's not about the kids for you. It's about you. Maybe today, you need salvation. Maybe today, you recognize that you're not saved. You say, Pastor, how can I teach my kids if I'm not actually saved myself? Maybe today, you've never made a public profession of faith. Today can be the day that all that changes. Listen, we are all sinners. And God calls us to salvation and He calls, He presses upon us the the need for salvation and we recognize that need in our lives. We know that we're sinners and because we're sinners, we're on a path that leads to hell, which is running away from God. Hell is the absence of God, right? It's the place of darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not a place any of us want to go to. But know this, no matter how far we have run, no matter how long we have run, regardless of how old you are, You could be 80 years old and you could have ran from God your entire life. And I'm telling you today, you still have not outrun God. You still haven't outrun God. God is still calling out to you today. And if we will listen to God, if we will take what God is trying to press upon our hearts to recognize that we are lost, that we are on this hell-bound path, we can be saved. Because you cannot outrun the grace of God. You can be taken off the path that leads to hell and put on a path that leads to righteousness, which ultimately leads to heaven. But we cannot get off this path on our own efforts. You cannot do enough good deeds in your lifetime to make your way into heaven. There's not enough good things you can do in this world. The Bible tells us that to be saved, we must believe in the resurrection of Jesus, that He overcame the penalty of sin, which is death, through His resurrection, and that we should confess Jesus is Lord, because He is. Jesus has done the work. All we need is faith. Again, it doesn't matter how old you are. God calls you when He calls you. If you need to come forward and accept this salvation today, please do so. But maybe today you are a parent. Or maybe you're longing to be a parent. Today you recognize what needs to be done. You recognize that you need to do more. We all need to do more. I'm not sitting here saying, trying to bash us over the head. We all can do better. 
We all fit under that category. It's so easy as a parent to feel inadequate, doesn't it? As a parent, doesn't it feel like it's overwhelming, wondering if you even did a good job? Am I doing the right thing? First, I want to tell you parents, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. There is no perfect parent. You look around this room and you think, man, that mom's got it together. That dad's got it together. I can promise you they don't. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to make sense of this. Pursue excellence. But to pursue it, you need to rely on God. So I want to encourage you, if you feel led, come pray. Come pray at the altar. Seeking God's help. Seeking God's strength as a parent. Pray that God will help you along the way to show you what it means to be a parent. Show you what you need to do to parent your children so that they will grow under the instruction and discipline of the Lord. It starts with prayer. But maybe today for you, it's not that. Maybe today you just need some comfort. Maybe today you've got a lot going on. You came into this sanctuary with a lot. You've got a lot of burdens. You've got a lot of struggles. You've got some things that are heavy on your heart today. I'm going to encourage you, if you're able, to come to this altar and pray. Pray right where you are if you need to. But go to the Lord in prayer. The Bible says, cast all your anxieties on Him, for He cares for you. Jesus even said, come to me all who are heavy laden, who are weary, and I will give you rest. You can find that rest today. You can find that comfort. However the Lord is leading you today, however the Lord is asking you to respond, will you faithfully respond to Him? Let's pray. Father God, we give you all the glory, all the praise, God, we praise you for the calling on these parents in this room today. God, we praise you as you give us a calling as a church family to walk alongside these parents, to help them as they hold their children accountable, support them spiritually, and God, proclaim the gospel that would lead to salvation. So God, I pray today that today would be the day of salvation. And God, if there's anyone here who does not know you, but you are calling on them, God, may they feel that calling today. May they feel that heaviness on their hearts that they would come forward in response and be faithful to that calling. God, I pray for these parents. God, they may be overwhelmed at times. They may be questioning their abilities as parents. They may be wondering if they're even doing a good job. God, give them comfort. God, give them the strength to endure, to continue to grow spiritually in their own lives and then help their children grow spiritually. God, we thank you for all the children that are here under this roof today. All our kids that are part of this church family. God, we thank you for it. We thank you for the blessings of children. God, I pray for those that are longing for children. God, that you continue to give them comfort. God, for those that may not, that may not be dealing with that, God, necessarily, but they've got a lot of heavy things going on in their life. I pray for comfort in their lives as well. God, that you would show them grace in this moment. That, God, you would help them to rest in you. 
to cast their anxieties on you because you care for them. God, I pray in this time of invitation that you would move us where we need to be moved, that we would step out if we need to step out. God, we would pray if we need to pray. God, if we need to worship, let us worship. God, help us to be faithful to what you're calling us to do. It's in your Son's holy and righteous name that I pray. Amen.